0: Hey, good evening. Welcome to Bible Study here at St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. What a joy it is to be with you tonight online as we study uh, together, study the Word of God together. Uh, on this uh, Wednesday night, I hope you're able to be with us Wednesday, um, Sunday rather for Easter worship, either in person or online. Here at the church, it was a great Sunday. It was such a joy to worship with so many of you. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do this coming Sunday in worship. I'm excited about worship this week. I'm going to be preaching in the drive-in service at... Um, Nine o'clock in the parking lot, and I'll be preaching in the intersection as well. So you don't want to miss those. And Brian will be preaching in our traditional services this Sunday. So it's going to be a, be a great Sunday, and we'd love to have you worship with us. You can learn more at stm-umc.org/ worship and find out how you can be a part of worship here at St. Matthews. Um, we have, by my calculation, about about six more weeks. Before we're gonna stop Wednesday night Bible study for the summer, uh, with uh, w- we got about six more weeks of Wednesday night live food to li- food pick up, About six more weeks of Bible study. So I was thinking about it as I started this kind of last um, series on Wednesday nights. This semester we spent us spent a few weeks talking about evangelism, uh, and then during Lent we spent time talking about. Um, talking about the, uh, the fasting. What I wanna do as we move into the kind of these last few weeks of, of Bible studies, last six weeks, I wanna take, I was thinking about what's important. I was thinking about we could do a book of the Bible and that, that's always a good idea. I love I love doing books of the Bible. Um, I've taught a lot of books of the Bible. That's always a lot of fun. But frankly, I found those those work best in my opinion, whenever we can really have good conversation back and forth. And as, as wonderful as these online Bible studies have been this last year, um, I really like when I can take questions from you. I really like having you in the room with me. And so I'm looking forward to next semester being able to be back in with you in person on Wednesday nights and have some really good conversation about the Bible. So I don't really want to do a book of the Bible. Um, so we can think about, well, topical. What do we want to talk about topical? You know, in worship, we've done the creed. Uh, right now we're doing, we're going to start a series this week on um, Micah 6, eight. Uh, he has shown the old man what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We're talking about how uh, as important as orthodoxy is, orthodoxy is right belief, as important as orthodoxy is, it's equally important for us to have orthopraxy, which is the correct living. And so, um, so we're going um, to take a few weeks and talk about that. So um, what do we want to do for Bible study? So I was thinking about these. i got six weeks. And I thought, well, you know what? If I got six weeks left this semester, I think I want to share with you what I think are six of the most important things that we need to need to know as Christians. What are kind of the top six things that I think it's really important for us to know as Christians? And so that's what we're gonna. I don't know if we're calling it the top six or the big six or whatever, but uh, I wanted I wanted to take some time these next few weeks to each week talk about something a, a concept our doctrine, our understanding, that I think it's really important for us to know, to fully understand who God is, what life is, what faith is. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, these next few weeks, going to look at what I'm kind of calling my top six, um, and I'll lay them out for you, what we'll talk about each week. Week one, we're going to talk about the image of God. Week two, we're going to talk about the fall. Week three, we're going to talk about uh, the cross. Week four, we're going to talk about the resurrection. Week five, we're going to talk about the, 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 the church. And week six, we're going to talk about the return of Christ. So those are kind of the six things I think that are really most important for us to know about who we are and about who God is. So the image of God this week, next week's the fall, then the cross, then the resurrection, then the church, then the return of Christ. So this week is the image of God. Um, and I'll tell you why... Um, starting off here, I think this is so important. This is so important. Um, the biblical foundation of the image of God. I'll give you a biblical foundation, a theological understanding, then we're going to talk about why, important, why it's important. The biblical foundation for this is going to come from Genesis. Genesis 1. It's going to be verses um, 26 through uh, 28. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, let them have, let, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the wild animals of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in His image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God makes humankind. God makes humanity, male and female. He makes us in His image. We are made in the image of God. And so I want to real quickly talk about what this means, because there's some great understand, there's some misunderstandings about what it means to be made in the image of God. But then we talk about why it's important. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? We, there's a big fancy word that you may have learned in anthropology or in your Western civilization or in your study called um, anthropomorphize. We anthropomorphize God. What does that mean? That means that we project our human qualities upon God, that we think of God as a human. That's not accurate. Scripture tells us that God is a spirit. God is not flesh and bone like we are. God is not Jesus Christ is incarnate. He is Son of God, Son of Man, fully human, fully divine. There's a spiritual body to him. But the Father, the Trinity, the triune Godhead is not human. It's not not a physical body in the same way that we are. What we do is we project our humanness upon God. So when we say we're made in the image of God... This is not talking about physical attributes or qualities or things such as this. To speak of being made in God's image is not talking about physical appearance, physical characteristics, physical abilities. To be made in God's image is not a physical comment on it. See, the mistake we make with being made in God's image is to think of it in terms of physicality, to think of it in terms of how we look, how we how we exist, how we move in the world. That is not what it means to be made in the image of God. It's simply not. That is not what it means to be made in the image of God. To be made in the image of God is not talking about a physicality to it or a physicalness to it. To be made in God's image is talking about something deeper, something more um, innate within us. Historically, uh, especially from a Wesleyan tradition, uh, to be made in the image of God really... Comes down to three major characteristics, three major things that are often understood as what it means to be made in the image of God. There is the natural, we are made in the natural image of God, the political image of God, and the moral image of God. Stay with me. I, when I use terms in these studies, I'm speaking, I'm speaking more historic than I am modern day. So when I say p- the political image of God, I'm not talking about American politics. I'm not talking about any. Polit- I'm not talking about any type of modern American, European, Asian, African, Latin American political system. I mean, get there in a second. Talk about what it means to being the political image of God. But I want to be very clear: when you hear politics, when you hear the political image of God, do not think politics it means something else entirely. We're going to get there in a second, though. Natural, political, moral. Natural. To be made in the natural image of God, and to be made in the image of God means that we resemble or we have the characteristics of God to within, within us. Part of God's characteristics are transferred to us by our humanity. God formed us or made us in his image, meaning God endued within us certain characteristics that are u- unique to him. Unique to us as humans as well. There are many things that we do as humans that other, that other species, other created entities do not possess we're made in God. There's a uniqueness to us. We have a soul. We are made in God's image in a way that no other creature on the earth is made in God's image. So, natural, political, moral. Natural. That means we have um, freedom, we have will, we have reason. We are free thinking individuals. God is an orderly God. Scripture says that God's not a God of chaos, God's a God of order. God is a God of design. God is a God of plan. God is a God of control. God is not a chaotic entity or chaotic being, but God is an orderly being. God, is a, a, a God has to himself freedom to will what he wills and do what he, do, do, do what he does. Uh, who, as the Bible says, who are you a oh man to question God? God has freedom of choice and freedom of will. God is bound by no one. God is bound by Himself. God is not bound by any human entity. God, we, we, God has freedom. God has will. I mean, nothing can thwart the will of God. God has the will to do things, and God's will is accomplished. And God has reason. Once again, God, God's design is intellectual. Uh, you can see across the cosmos evidence of God's reason and God's design across everything within within the um, nature of gravity, how gravity works. You can see God's design and God's, God's intellect across all of creation. So, God's natural image involves freedom, will, and reason. So, as humans, we have those things. We have freedom. You can choose to keep watching this Bible study, you can cut it off. You can choose to go eat a ham sandwich, or you cannot. not. You can choose to take a nap, you cannot. not. You, you have you have freedom to make choices in your life, I'm, and I'm not talking. I, I'm, you have, you have, you have the ability right now to make any choice laid out in front of you right now. And I'm, not, I'm not talking about predestination versus free will. I'm talking about the fact that you can make choices. Choose what you want to do. You want to go eat donuts right now? So do I. Go eat a donut. You know. You want to drink another cup of coffee? Go crazy. Drink another cup, cup, cup of coffee. You have will to choose. You have freedom to choose. You have will. You desire things. You want things. You have willpower to do things. You have, you have uh, spinal strength, you know strength of your spine to go accomplish goals. You have reason. You can think through things. Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. You're, you're not a dummy. You have the ability to think through things. God's given you a brain. He wants you to use it. So, To be made in God's image is to be endued with freedom, with will, and with reason. That's the historic understanding of the natural image of God. The political image of God. As humans, we are organized beings. From the very beginning of humanity, we organize ourselves into communities and clans and groups and structures. Humans crave organization in many ways. Even anarchists have a, somewhat of a system to their anarchy. We, we are, we, as humans, we have within us a political nature, a, a desire to organize, organize ourselves into societies, to cultures, to clans, to families. As humans, we have a hierarch, hierarchical structure, typically. And by hierarchy, I don't mean necessarily anything bad about it. I just mean we organize ourselves within families even. I mean, think about your family. Your family probably has some structure to it. Everybody has roles to play. You know, we humans. We, um, we like structure. Even, even in our chaotic elements, we like some structure. Many of us organize our days by events and hours and things such as that. We are a structured and an organized group, species, creation. Well, God has a political image to him. God is an organized God. We see it in heaven with the, um, when you read Revelation, you see about the different uh, structures of heaven and all the folks who worship God. We see it, we see God's structural image across scripture, how all throughout scripture God is creating order out of chaos. In the very beginning of of, of creation, he created order out of chaos. Across the whole of scripture, God is bringing out his plan and working out a plan for humanity. God is at work. God is an organized, structured God. Scripture says he's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. So God a God, you see, when you go, go and read Leviticus and the law, see how structured everything he is in the tabernacle. See how structured everything is in the temple when we get to Solomon. God's a God of order. God's a God of structure. God's a God of, of structure and organization. So as humans, we have that same type of structure and organization to ourselves. So, <clears throat> so the, natural, the natural image of God is the will, freedom, and reason. The political image of God is the organizational principle that we have. And so that's why political means. Political is just the structure of our societies. All of our societies have a structure to them, every one of them. The structure may differ from society to society, but every structure has every every society has a structure to it in some way. We're made in the political political image of God, and then we're made in the moral image of God. And that reflect the moral image of God. It's kind of I don't want to rank these, but in many ways, our higher self. The moral image of God relates to mercy and love, help, service, sacrifice. Um, this think about how many. I talked about this before uh, at some point in a sermon. Dr. Nick in seminary, our, our, our church history prof and our, our great C.S. Lewis expert, talked of how C.S. Lewis once said that Jesus Christ is myth that is fact. What that means is this every culture, we talked about cultures and political structures, every culture has to it some narrative of a self-sacrificial entity or person who lays down their life for the good of their community, their people, their family, their whatever. That's a universal, that is a universal concept. Nearly every society or every culture is gonna have some story of someone, something who sacrificially laid down their life for the good of others. It's a very common narrative across culture. It's a very, it's it's, it's a, a myth meaning a grand narrative very common narrative across cultures. Lewis says, Jesus Christ is myth, that narrative story that is fact. Jesus' life wasn't just some fable that we tell ourselves to, to make ourselves feel better. But Jesus Christ is a historical individual who did lay down his life for humanity, who did go to the cross, and who was raised. He is this overarching narrative was fact every human structure every political human structure has with it some story of morality. Go back to Aesop's fables and things such as that. As humans, we are made, we are made as humans to desire love and mercy. These things. But think these things are best understood and best known when they come from the proper relationship with God. These things are the historic understandings of what it means to be made in the image of God. The natural freedom, will, reason, political, societal, structural, and moral, love, mercy, spiritual images of God that are unique, that are are given to all humans. All humans are made in the image of God. I said next week, we're going to talk about the fall. And the fall is incredibly important because the fall is what happens after the creation account here. Um, The mistake we make with Scripture sometimes is we... um, We think that the story of God starts in Genesis 3. It actually doesn't. The story of God starts in Genesis 1 and 2. It doesn't start with the fall. It starts with the creation. And in the creation, we are told this, it was made. And it was made good. We were made in God's image. We were formed in His image. And that image was, yes, corrupted by the fall. We'll talk more about that next week. But that image was still made good. And we still retain that image. That that image has not been destroyed. That image has not been done away with completely. It's been corrupted. It's been deformed. We're going to talk about that next week. But that image of God remains upon all of us. You are made... You are made in the image of God. That means you have the characteristics and the nature of God upon you. That means you carry that marking of God upon you. You are made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. We are all made in the image of God. And the reason why I am really wanting to start here is... It goes back to a podcast I listened to recently, an interview with a um, a speaker, a preacher named Jamar Timsby. And he said, if the church is going to have another reformation, another reforming of ourselves, it's going to come back, it's going to start with this concept of the image of God. Because the image of God tells us this, that everyone that we meet, Everyone, ourselves included, me, you, everyone, we're all made in the image of God. We are. I've made in this image, you have made in this image, we're all made in, made in this image. Do we treat our fellow humans as though they are image bearers? Do we treat our fellow humans as though they are image bearers? Or do we treat them as our enemies? Do we treat them as someone to despise? Do we treat them as someone to to dislike? Do we treat them as someone that we don't need to respect? So I think so many of our problems today regarding American politics, regarding issues of race, Class or gender, things it such as this go back to do we really see others as image bearers? If you're a Republican, do you think Democrats are made in the image of God? If you're a Democrat, do you think Republicans are made in the image of God? Do you think non-Christians are made the image of God. Do you think those who disagree with our views on ethics are made the image of God? Do we really believe that? Because the Bible tells us that it's so. The Bible tells us that it's so. One of the things that I've really been struggling with right now is the fact that I, I think... Our great problem that we face as Christians is that we're getting our formation and we're getting our understanding of humanity, we're getting our understanding of the world and other people, not from Scripture, not from what the Bible tells us, not from what the church teaches us, but we're being formed by our culture more than we are by Scripture and by the Spirit. We're being formed by the news that we watch. Are the podcasts that we listen to, are the, the 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 things we see on social media, are the things that we read on the internet, are the videos that we watch on YouTube? We're we're being formed more by these things than we are by Scripture, than we are by God's Word, than we are by how we're supposed to, than we are than we are by what the Scripture clearly teaches us about other people. So I think one of the things we have to, I think that's why Timsby says this, we as Christians have to in many ways unplug ourselves from the narratives of this moment and come to understand that I cannot view other humans, no matter if I like them or not, no matter if I agree with them or not, no matter if I disagree with them or not, that's irregardless. If my Christian formation tells me that I'm to disregard, dislike, or not view other humans as fellow image bearers, then something's wrong with my formation. Something's not flowing from Scripture. Something's not flowing from God's Word because as we just read a few minutes ago, In Genesis 1, we're told. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he made them. He made humankind in his image. He made me and you in his image. He formed us in his image. That's how he made us, that's how he made them. So for us as humans, for us as humans, that's where it's got to start in many ways. That's really where it's got to start. It's got to start with us knowing that, yes, I'm made in His image. And yes, you're made in His image. And so I've got to treat you with the respect that I would treat a fellow person made in God's image. You've got to treat me with the respect that you would treat a fellow person made in God's image. We've got to learn to see each other <clears throat> as image bearers. We've got to learn to see each other's, see each other's other as those that are made in the very image of our triune God. If there's one place we as the church have to start at, it's right there. Not starting with our American current dynamics and our current American place of warfare with each other. But starting with what scripture tells us. Starting with what scripture tells us. But all of humanity is made in God's image. White, black, Asian, Native American, all the races of the world are made in His image. All the people of this world are made in His image. We've got to start there. Because if we can start there, y'all, we can see the worth in each other. And then if we can see the worth in each other, we can share the love of Christ with each other. And frankly, y'all, that's what it's all about. Jesus told us the great commandment was to love each other as he loves us. And the great commission is to go to all the world and make disciples. The great commandment, the great commission. That's what we're about, y'all. Now I think that in many ways starts with seeing that the person is worth, has worth. A worth that is worthy of loving and a worth that is worthy of sharing the, image, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with. So, <clears throat> in the very beginning, it started with the image of God. And that's, I think, a great, good place for us to start our essentials. So today, the image of God. But here, okay, so today's really good, and really optimistic. Next week, uh-oh, <laughs> next week, sins fixed in enter in. And this image of God that was made perfectly is going to be corrupted. And next week, we'll talk about what that means. So next week, we're going to look at Genesis 3. Genesis 3 if you want to read ahead, next week, we're going to look at Genesis 3 and Romans 8. Those are the two passages we're going to study next week. Genesis 3, Romans 8. So if you want to read ahead, read that, check that out. And I think you'll get something out of that. Hey, thanks for watching. Email me with any questions you have. I hope you enjoy these next few weeks of Bible study. Uh, Thanks for watching tonight. Have a great night. We'll uh, see you tomorrow morning for my devotional. And hope to worship with you Sunday morning. Uh, stm-umc.org slash worship. Uh, Come join us. Thanks for watching. Have a great night.